Hi everyone, David Harris with you here for Criminal Injustice with a news bonus. The confrontation in Central Park over leashing a dog. By now, I know lots of you have seen the video, read the news reports, heard the audio. A man named Christian Cooper was out in the Ramble, a woodsy area of Central Park, doing what he loves to do. He's a bird watcher. And as he's out there, he noticed a dog coming through the grounds, uh, sniffing and uh, digging and doing things that were, you know, disturbing the plant life and scaring the birds and so forth. And he knew, as everybody knows, that in this section of Central Park, dogs have to be on a leash. And along came a lady. Her name also happened to be Cooper. Um, a lady, white lady wearing a mask, uh, carrying the dog's leash. And Mr. Cooper asked her if she would please leash her dog. She refused. He needs his exercise, she said. Well, the rule is dogs have to be leashed. And when Mr. Cooper insisted, um, that's where things took a bad turn. We've seen the video and we can see uh, Miss Cooper refusing to do what she was asked to do uh, in sight of a sign that apparently said uh, dogs must be on leash. Uh, but no, she refuses, and instead she says, I'm going to call the police on you. Uh, I'm going to tell them an African-American man is threatening my life. And then she proceeds to do exactly that uh, as her dog squirms and barks and so forth. But she's on the phone with the police department in an excited voice saying she's in Central Park, please send the police, an African-American man is threatening her life. And she repeats this several times in an increasingly agitated tone with nothing like that happening at all. Okay, so uh, what are we to make of this? Uh, I'm sure you know she was fired from her job. She has been roundly shamed on the internet, so on and so forth. But I want to just push a little bit deeper because what was going on here is incredibly disturbing. And I want to make sure everybody understands what the real stakes are here. Number one, we've got what I've called elsewhere profiling by proxy. We all, I think, know what racial profiling is. Uh, I've defined it in, in my own work and in my book as the use of race or ethnic appearance as one factor among others in police decisions about who to stop or frisk or question or take routine law enforcement actions against race or ethnic appearance as one factor among others. What we have uh, in profiling by proxy is not the police doing this, but civilians, generally white civilians, taking up that tool by telling the police, there's a suspicious guy in my neighborhood. There's a suspicious person on my street. He's just walking around and he doesn't belong here. Things like that. Or similar comments you can see on various uh, next door kinds of, uh, of uh, listservs and websites and so forth around the country. Uh, they're hoping that the police will take their complaints and do the racial policing that they, the civilians, want. It's profiling by proxy. But this was actually, the incident in Central Park was actually even more disturbing than that. 
because what this woman was doing was not simply saying there's a suspicious character here. The woman was making a 911 call that her life was in danger, and that danger was coming from a black man. Okay? You have to be deaf, dumb, blind, and living under a rock not to understand what can happen in a situation like this. As I've said in my most recent book, A City Divided, there's a reason that black people hesitate to call the police themselves. They know that they end up on the bad side of this even when they're victims sometimes. And I give you stories. I'm sure you've heard them yourself or can find them pretty easily. Just Google it. But this goes beyond that. This is a white woman calling in the police against a black man who was threatening her. She didn't call 911 and just say, a man is threatening me. She said, a black man is threatening me. An African-American man is threatening me. Why is she doing this? Is it to describe him? Oh, I doubt that because she described nothing else about him. Not what he was wearing, not where they were, not his facial hair or anything else. Just that he was black because that's enough right? Because you know what happens. The police will take this and run with it. And a white lady is being threatened. It goes all the way back to the worst racist tropes used in the South. Think Emmett Till. Think the Scottsboro Boys. It's that bad, right? So what she is doing is weaponizing, weaponizing race relations in the United States and threatening this man with that. And she knows full well if she had just stopped to think for a minute, right? which of course she didn't. But she has every responsibility to know that this could have ended so terribly badly for that man. All right? It is just by happenstance that he doesn't end up just as dead as George Floyd in Minneapolis, that he doesn't end up arrested. Think about the police just hearing her voice, not seeing her, not knowing that she's just lying, because we can see it on the cell phone video, but they just hear her voice, agitated, help me, I'm being threatened, my life is threatened. What would you make of that? Would it be unreasonable for police to show up maybe with guns drawn and order that man, the bird watcher, to the ground and get on his back or his neck or take a shot at him even if he moved the wrong way? No, it's not unreasonable to think that could happen at all. And she is pulling the strings in that scenario. So this is a very, very serious thing. It's not just some person who exposed herself as a racist, right? And whose viral recording of her own conduct has cost her. And I don't even want to get into, is it enough? Or should the business that had employed her be doing more? I'm content to let others discuss that. This was a weaponization, a dangerous situation, of race. And that's why it was so serious and not a joke at all.
That's it. That's your news bonus on the confrontation in Central Park. We here at Criminal Injustice are always with you to comment and discuss the latest news going on. Uh, You can go to our website. That's criminalinjusticepodcast.com for all of those news bonuses and other features and all of our interviews with the most interesting and consequential people in the criminal legal system to talk about what they do and how they see it. I'm David Harris. Remember that there is a way for you to support us now. We are member-supported. Go to patreon.com slash criminalinjustice. I'm David Harris, and I will be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rollerson. Find show notes and past episodes at criminalinjusticepodcast.com.